Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> We've got Dave Workman with us today. He joins us here on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes. And, of course, Radio Loyalty. And uh, we are going to go grab our uh, co-host, Don Mazzella, and bring him into the conversation and uh, get everything going here on our big program. Graham, uh, Dave Workman, of course, uh, has been with us many times in the past, and uh, we love Dave, and I am so glad that he is making himself available to be with us today here on our program. If you uh, want to get more information on... And there's Donald. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Yourself? <laughs> Pretty good, actually. We've got uh, Dave Workman with us today. He joins us live here on our program. And I uh, want to give you a little bit of uh, details here on the great Dave Workman. And um, Dave is a pretty amazing individual. We've had him on the broadcast many times in the past. Second Amendment Foundation, uh, among other accolades. Um, Dave, uh, g- give us... Give us uh, I guess, give us your overall of, of what you make of this. Uh, recently, there was a, uh, a Texas church massacre. Uh, basically, it shows churchgoers should be armed. Uh, well, what do you make of this, my friend? Well, uh, I think maybe people have just decided that they're not going to be victims anymore. You know, shoot at me and I'm going to shoot you back. <laughs> Now, of course, uh, Dave Workman is an award-winning career journalist, senior editor of the Gun Mag, gunmag.com, formerly Gun Week. He also writes for Liberty Park Press, Conservative Firing Line, and several firearms periodicals. He's also communications director for the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. He is also authored op-ed pieces in several major newspapers, including Chicago Tribune, Seattle Times, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's also co-authored seven books with Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. And Workman's Beat is firearms. From politics to the outdoors, he's widely considered to be an authority on firearms, concealed carry, and gun politics. Now, Don, uh, listening to all this and listening to all of his credits, I know you've got some questions here for Dave. Well, I do. Well, first off, uh, I'm sure he and I agree on, on on many points. I've always held that you know you notice people uh, these gunmen they go for places where people don't have guns, but they never go to to a police headquarters or any place uh, or uh, a national guard armory where there's a chance of somebody would shoot back. I've always held them as uh, cowards myself. But I, um, I guess my question is. Um, uh, in some several states now, where they have the open uh, carry thing, do you think guns are being carried into various churches um, uh, as a form of self-protection? Well, I, you know, there's really no way to gauge that sort of thing because concealed means concealed, and and uh, if somebody's carrying a concealed firearm, you're not going to know it. I mean, you know, if they're doing it properly, whether they're a man or a woman. Uh, I think that's quite possible in the states that, that allow concealed carry in churches. 
uh, if I was going to carry in a church, I sure wouldn't waste my time asking permission because I know that what the answer would be. I'm just going to do it and uh, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Well, you know, my feeling is that uh, uh, you know that old line, uh, when, I, when guns are outlaws, only outlaws will have guns. I know that's uh, an old trite one, but but coming from a a, um, a city where uh, uh, guns were outlawed uh, except for the uh, outlaws, and uh, um, well, well, the story I always tell is in the Newark riots, there was no problem in my neighborhood because the mob made sure that the uh, the riots didn't spread to my neighborhood, and. Uh, <laughs> No, it was true. Um, I, I come from the Ironbound section, which was cut off from Newark by the Pennsylvania Railroad track. And, and the mob simply p- put up all of their, uh, 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 whatever, button men, et cetera, at the places where you came in. And uh, the police left them alone. And uh, uh, the, somehow, magically, the riots didn't uh, spread to the Ironbound section. Uh <laughs> You know, uh, to me, it was the lesson. Uh, I wrote about it, ironically, and my editors at the Newark News at the time said, uh, you got to be kidding. I said, no, and I showed them the photos, and, and we ran the story. Um, but uh, uh, my, my, my own thought about it is, uh, um, you know, these people argue for uh, no uh, uh, guns for the populace, yet... Uh, uh, how's the populace going to protect itself? Well, I know that uh, a lot of the people who maintain that uh, private citizens should not uh, be allowed to carry firearms for their personal protection or even sometimes have guns in their own home, uh, those are, are sometimes the same people you see with their own private bodyguards. They, you know, they're wealthy elitists. They have their own security. Uh, they live in gated communities or, or in well-policed communities. Uh, they don't have to worry about that sort of thing, but private citizens, the average Joe Blow, the Larry Lunchbucket, who, who uh, has a family to take care of and maybe works a second job to pay the bills, or, uh, you know, they, they live in ungated communities uh, where, uh, you know, civil or uh, public policies have allowed drug addicts or, or uh, prowlers, or, you know, all kinds of bad stuff to happen in those communities. Uh, they're the ones that really do need the firearms. And I, I call uh, out this hypocrisy uh, frequently in the stuff that I write, you know, because uh, billionaires who have their own private security guards, they don't know a thing about what the average citizen has to face, and they shouldn't be trying to call the shots. But uh, unfortunately for you and me, they do try to call the shots. Uh you know, they like saying we should have integ- integrated public schools and send their kids to private schools. And to me, that's just, uh, the same thing. But, um, well, you know, the, the Second Amendment is uh, uh, under constant attack. And, and sometimes when I look at it, I say, uh, how could it ever survive? Do you think um, it can survive this latest onsla- onslaught? Oh, sure. I, I think that 
uh, you know, as a cornerstone of the Bill of Rights, and, and certainly a cornerstone of the U.S. Constitution, the Second Amendment, uh, especially now that Brett Kavanaugh has been confirmed to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, I think the Second Amendment may be in pretty good shape at the federal level, but uh, where I think we're going to have problems is at the state level where uh, billionaires can run citizen initiatives to try to erode the uh, the various uh, state constitutional uh, provisions uh, uh, that uh, support private gun ownership. And at some point, I think there's going to be a head-on train collision between uh, these gun control efforts and the Constitution. Uh, that's going to be kind of interesting to watch, and, and I I think that it's going to happen sooner than later. You know, it's ironic that that particular uh, argument was not brought up in in uh, the judge now Justice Kennedy's uh, hearings, and I I thought that surely would have been a flashpoint. Well, actually, it was uh, brought up. In fact, uh, I think. Uh, there was a telling moment uh, when uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, a perennial anti-gunner, uh, it was her turn to uh, question uh, then-Judge Kavanaugh during the first Senate hearings, and right out of the gate she uh, started talking about uh, his position on the Second Amendment and uh, something that he had written in a dissenting opinion back in uh, 2011 on uh, a case that we uh, call Heller 2, uh, in, in which the uh, District of Columbia uh, was uh, uh, making rules uh, to ban so-called semi-automatic assault rifles. And Kavanaugh's uh, dissenting opinion there uh, argued uh, that if a semi-automatic pistol is protected by the Constitution than a semi-automatic rifle should be. And Feinstein uh, just went ballistic, uh, no pun intended, well, yeah, pun intended, I guess, uh, over that. Uh, and uh, I think what that revealed is that uh, the, the, the liberals can say all they want to about uh, opposing Judge Kavanaugh because of his... Uh, alleged position on reproductive rights or on any number of issues, but way down there in the tall grass uh, has always been this concern that the the liberals have about getting somebody on the Supreme Court who will even further uphold the Second Amendment as an individual right that uh, uh, Scalia uh, did in the 2008 Heller ruling. I mean, that just uh, toppled one of their their big arguing points and one of their strong beliefs that, that uh, the right to keep and bear arms was some kind of a collective right. But it's not. It's an individual right. And the liberals just can't stand that. Well, they can't stand a lot of things. It's amazing how they can't uh, uh, digest uh, a, a lot of reality. But um, do you see uh, in, the, in the next two years some case coming up uh, before the justices on, on this point? Well, I think that's possible. Uh, there are a couple of cases kind of weaving their way through the federal courts right now. One of them uh, in Maryland uh, it challenges that state's uh, uh, permitting law uh, just to have a gun in the house. 
uh, and I think that uh, uh, we're going to see a, a case come up uh, sometime during the next couple of years where they challenge uh, uh, right-to-carry laws, where that that becomes an issue, too, uh, in some of the states that have extreme uh, restrictive uh, concealed carry statutes that uh, literally leave most people without the ability to carry a firearm for their personal protection. So, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a, a Supreme Court now that it looks like the, the majority will be pro-Second Amendment. We'll see if they accept the case and, and then just watch and see where it goes. Well, well it's interesting. Um, uh, here in New Jersey, um we have a new governor who uh, banned bear hunting um, for, on state lands. He couldn't ban it on um, private lands, but he did it on state lands. But in the first day of the, the the new bear hunt, actually more bears were taken than in the last three years. Um, uh, it, it's interesting um, how uh, people can't separate the two hunting which, uh, which is, uh, by the way, a declining sport in America, and uh, uh, the right to bear arms. Oh, how do you look at those two things? Well, uh, in the uh, 2008 Heller ruling, uh, I know that uh, hunting was mentioned as one of the things that uh, was possible and or made possible and protected by the Second Amendment. You can't you can't go shoot a deer without something to shoot it with. And at the time that the Second Amendment was adopted, uh, arms uh, were considered to be much more than just firearms. Uh, it was not uncommon to see frontiersmen, for example, uh, carrying fighting knives and uh, hatchets or tomahawks, uh, you know, f uh, fighting tools for hand-to-hand -to -hand, uh, encounters. Uh, and there were some people who uh, did manage to carry a pistol or even a brace of pistols, a couple of pistols. They were both single shot, but uh, that that's, uh, was not unusual at the time. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, the reason that a lot of people carried those guns uh, it was not just to fend off maybe uh, road agents or, or uh, wild Indians or you know whatever the Hollywood uh, version of the the frontier was all about. But you know you're you're traveling down a trail or you're you're uh, working the uh, the back forty of your homestead and a deer walks out. Well, that's uh, that's food on the hoof. And they had to be ready to to be able to uh, shoot shoot their dinner. <laughs> it's pretty much that's it's that simple. And uh, you, you just can't separate the two now. As far as the decline in hunting, there's a lot of reason for that. Uh, one of them is public access, and uh, uh, some people are just being priced out of hunting because of rising uh, costs for hunting licenses and, and tag fees. But don't count hunting completely out. Uh, uh, there are millions of people in America today that that are looking forward to uh, this this month and next month because that's when the hunting seasons are going to unfold. And yay team, uh, uh, I'm on my way to to go deer hunting here in a few days myself. So you know we'll just see how that all works out. Hopefully I'll come home with a notch tag and a, and a cooler full of venison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Um, many, many years ago, when I was a young man, I went uh, hunting deer and with a bow and arrow and finally managed to get my deer, but, but then discovered it was 14 miles from the road. And you and I both know it's very difficult hauling a deer for 14 miles, a dead deer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, you, you know, that's the last time I went hunting. Realized, uh, anyway. <laughs> you, you forgot the first rule of deer hunting. If you're going to be back in the woods real far, you got to take a frying pan with you. Yeah, you know, uh, I forgot a lot of things in those days. Thank God I didn't get shot. Um, you know, um, uh, in my war experience, I've, I managed to shoot a few uh, uh, guns, etc. And, um, I, uh, you know, everybody complains about the, uh, uh, the American rifle, yet they want to ban it because it's so effective at, uh, uh, at killing. Um, uh, how do you feel about trying to ban this, the semi-automatic, the machine rifle, etc.? Well, uh, you know, let's separate a couple of things. First, semi-automatic rifles are not machine guns. Uh, semi-automatic rifle uh, that we know today, uh, uh, being the the AR-15, just happens to be the most popular rifle in America today. Uh, you know, we went through a period where everybody had a lever-action model 94 uh, Winchester in the corner because that was the, the gun of the period. Then they graduated to bolt-action rifles, uh, Springfields, Winchesters, uh, Savage, Remington, uh, and now the AR-15 and its clones, the semi-automatic rifle, that's the, the platform that uh, today's generation of shooters really grew up with. Uh, the technology is really no different than Grandpa's A5 Browning shotgun that he used to use to, to hunt geese or ducks. Uh, you know, you, you squeeze the trigger, the action cycles, ejects the spent uh, uh, cartridge, and then uh, chambers a new round. Uh, that technology has been around for more than 100 years. I think uh, what the problem is is the gun banners. Uh, we're pretty savvy about trying to demonize these guns, and they convince a whole lot of Americans who, who uh, sadly don't have any experience with firearms that, that these are machine guns, these are military-grade weapons, and that's a lie. It, it, it's one of the biggest frauds perpetrated on America. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, AR-15s or their clones. Uh, I know a lot of people who own them and hunt with them or shoot varmints with them or uh, just compete uh, in matches where the only thing that ever gets killed is a paper target. Uh, the idea that these are quote-unquote killing machines is just, uh, that that's a lot of hype. It's, it's uh, rhetoric just designed to, to uh, demonize the gun. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Don Donald Mazzella joins us, as uh, so does Dave Workman. And uh, Dave, uh, tell us a little bit about Gun Mag, my friend. Well, the Gun Mag is a uh, monthly publication by the Second Amendment Foundation. It used to be Gun Week, and uh, about six or seven years ago, we went from a, a weekly 
to a monthly magazine, the, the postal regulations were, and costs were killing us. But we found out that uh, a monthly magazine uh, that's uh, in print and online had a, actually a greater appeal to readers. Well, uh, I couldn't agree uh, agree with you more. Having uh, having been a print journalist and preferring it, but but let me ask you, uh, who is your um, your average reader today? Oh, I think uh, uh, we don't really have what you would call an average reader. It's uh, somebody uh, anywhere in in uh, kind of a broad demographic. Uh, uh, people of all age groups read it. Uh, certainly, uh, our our readers are interested in firearms related news, and, and the gun mag covers all of that, from politics to gun tests to to uh, uh, dumb dumb gun accidents, to, to people committing crimes, uh, we kind of run the gamut. I, I uh, am always on the lookout for an interesting story involving, uh, you know, a dumb criminal, for example, or or the judicious use of uh, force by a, an armed private citizen. And there's there's a lot of that news that can go in the gun mag, and, and I think we've done pretty well doing that for quite a number of years. Well, well, let me ask you, uh, these people complain about these gun shows uh, that appear all over the country, and they feel that that somehow... I didn't quite hear that. Don, we lost you there for a second, my friend. Don, are you still with us? I think we lost Don for more than a second. I think we lost Don. Well, uh, well, well, Dave. I, I know you've got you've you've got stuff you've got to get to, and we've got to get to our next guest. But I appreciate you making time for us today. Before we let you go, my friend, how do we find you online, social media, all these things? Okay, uh, you can find me at thegunmag.com, at libertyparkpress.com, at conservativefiringline.com. And I do a weekly column for the online edition of American Handgunner called Insider Online. And it's always fresh on Friday morning. So you can find me all over the place. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Sounds good. Appreciate it. There goes Dave Workman. And uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back... We- hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.